We've all experienced some type of trauma in our lives. When the trauma impacts our future thoughts, words, and actions, we begin to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. This condition can be debilitating and can cause a host of different symptoms, such as low self-esteem, depression, and anxiety. Trauma Stories is a podcast designed to provide a platform for discussion and sharing. Listeners are encouraged to send in their trauma stories to the host to read on the show and explain what their experience was and is with PTSD and how they're now healing from the condition. The host will also be sharing his own stories and stories of trauma that are in the news. My hope is that the listeners will gather some faith and hope and support through the podcast. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Trauma Stories. My name is Jim Burns, and I'm here to share with you, hopefully, some stories that you may have. Certainly, I have plenty of them. We did a great interview last week with Lot Vesterly. Uh, she's from Denmark, and she told her story on the air about her the trauma that she experienced either from bullying or from uh, teachers, adults, her own friends, sometimes family members. And you can check that podcast out uh, that was uh, done last week. But the real reason for the show is to help people gather an understanding of who they are and at times why they act the way they do. I mean, last week Lot shared a very interesting point. She said, in order to deal with the stress of the future and the stress of the present, we have to get rid of the stress of the past. And sometimes the stress of the past can alter our way of dealing with the present and with future events. So the key, the key to anything, and what I certainly hope this podcast does for folks, it gives them an idea of who they are, where their stress comes from, and how the trauma that they experienced is impacting their lives. Now, Often, we don't know when we've been traumatized until we're much older. When the events of the past seem to creep into our lives 
and we lose sight of who we are and why we're acting the way we do. And trauma can occur in a variety of ways. And I'm going to share a story with you today about what trauma, what traumatic event happened with me that caused me to alter my behavior during certain parts of the day. And I want you to really understand it because sometimes trauma can be something that that occurs and we don't realize how it's affecting us until we get placed back in the situation again and we keep having to deal with it and deal with it and deal with it and before you know it we're so stressed out that any thought of the event moving forward and as we become adults affects us and affects how we treat others our loved ones and affects how we see ourselves. Now, many years ago, there was a commercial on TV with a gal named Roseanne Barr. And it depicted her on her show. And she was eating dinner and she was having a fight with her husband, at the, who was John, portrayed by John Goodman. And they were engaged in this knockdown, drag out battle at the dinner table. And the point that the commercial was trying to make was it doesn't matter what goes on at the family table as long as you have one. Well, I'm here to tell you it does matter what goes on at the family table, it matters very much. Because if people are gathered at that table and they don't get along for openers, they're going to have difficulty moving forward. They're going to have difficulty at that family table because that's where dysfunctional families end up having their arguments. And that's why kids don't want to go to the family table or go to dinner because they realize that it, it's not going to be fun. And as a kid, we had a family table, and, and you know what? It was a war zone. And I'm sure that many people can relate to my family table, and, and really, by the way, I'm tired of calling it that. I mean, we were a family and we sat at a table, but that was about it. Now, it was a zoo at the table. It didn't really dawn on me how crazy it was until my sister started dating and she'd bring one of her boyfriends home for dinner. And my father had a way of cooling a baked potato. You know, the way everyone does. You take the potato out of the skin with a fork, hold it about two feet in the air for about 15 seconds, and stare at the stream. <clears throat> stare at the steam that's coming off of the potato. Then wave it up and down like a wand four or five times until you think it's cool. We all knew it was still hot, and we 
he would eat it anyway and would leave his mouth half open while he sucked air to try and cool it. It was that type of behavior that really started me taking a look at this dinner table. My father was a short order cook and when he was younger he was a mess, short, a mess sergeant in the army. And that kind of made him like a chef. He watched his diet. His dinners consisted of small pieces of protein, a vegetable and a potato and a slice of bread. And I've shared this before. My mother consistently made those meals for him every night, but she always fed my two sisters and I the good stuff. You know, all the starch, no protein, which really got under his skin. And he'd always, always ask the question, why are you feeding him? that type of food and he was purely disgusted by the meals we ate my dad understood that white flour sugar and starch affected him and I never knew when he was gonna make a negative comment about my diet and one night I ate about a pound of macaroni and meat sauce and a loaf of Italian bread for dinner while he ate his standard sparse dinner. He didn't say one word to me about what I was eating. He just watched. It was almost fun eating dinner with him. I was surprised, but very relieved that he'd let me eat my delicious dinner in peace without making one negative comment about my unhealthy meal. Well, about two hours later, I sneezed. And I said to him, I think I'm getting a, a cold, which was a mistake because he jumped on it right away and he said, well, that stuff you ate for dinner tonight, you could catch anything from that. And you gobbled it up like dog food. My father, the general, bided his time. He won the battle and he got me. There were little idiosyncrasies that he had. One day he picked up a butter, ship, butter dish at the table and he found a hair in it. And a riot nearly broke out. He walked away from the dinner table thinking that it might be a pubic hair. He wore dentures that were out of his mouth every waking minute that he wasn't eating or working. And when he got upset, they'd usually fall out. Before he came to the table... His teeth had to be brushed, cleaned, and rinsed for about 10 minutes. My mother would call him to dinner really early so he'd have time to get his dentures polished up. She knew he hated cold food and didn't want to listen to him complain. And one night, while he was going through his ritual of spit-shining his teeth for an unusually long time, my mother must have called him to the table for 20 minutes. He finally sat down, took three bites of food, and looked at me and said, cold. My mother went nuts because she had done everything humanly possible to get him to the table while the food was still hot. He laughed at her. And predictably, the whole scene ended up in another battle. This time the general had the landmine perfectly placed and she stepped on it.
Diet was on my father's mind all the time. My sister was leaving for a friend's house at, at dinner hour. My father said to her, aren't you going to eat dinner with us? She said, no, I'm eating at Carol's house. He said, oh, you are. After she left, he looked at me and said, she'll eat those greasy foods over there and have fat legs like Carol. It was very lucky for her that she got out before he decided to open fire. Now, I had an older sister who had left home and moved to New York when she was about 20 years old. She couldn't take the chaotic house. <clears throat> Excuse me. She'd come back to visit, you know, once a month or so. And my sister used to eat dramatically fast, and I mean really fast, like she was going to the electric chair. My father was the slowest eater on the planet, and she, my sister would finish eating, and he would just be getting started. When she was done eating, she got up and started to clear the table and do the dishes, and in a small kitchen, the smell of Lux liquid started to become really noticeable, not to mention my sister's soapy hands clearing the table and leaving soap, soap suds behind. And where did she leave them? On my father's food. And to my father, who was trying to enjoy his meal, this meant war. My sister didn't have a chance to surrender and throw up the, right, uh, the white flag. She was blown right out of the house and back to Brooklyn Heights. Now, the family table is a popular new term that's supposed to mean that the dinner table is where families should be talking and building strong relationships. And that's a good idea. But in my case, because of my father's personality and food-related phobias, our family table was not the place that this could happen. Just remember one thing. You don't need a family table to talk to your kids. You can talk to your kids in the family car. And I love spending time with my kids. I don't have to be at a dinner table. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great that we have dinner together and chat and enjoy each other's company. But not because Roseanne Barr says I should, but because it's something that's fun. And society always tries to hook some gimmick to things that occurred years ago in a very natural way. In my case, my father had more conversations with me in the car than he did at the dinner table. We always used to go on large, large, uh, long car rides and have conversations, and it seemed the very natural thing to do. I have more conversations with my kids in the car and while we are working on projects than I ever could have had at the family table. And I think it's important to recognize that. The dinner table doesn't necessarily have to be the spot where you have those Father Flanagan discussions. You can have them at any time 
and in any place. So realize that a lot of people like me came from, I'm a baby boomer, I'm 65 years old right now, came from a family table that was chaotic. There were arguments, both verbal and physical. There were problems that got discussed at the table between my mother and father that resulted in very heated discussions. There was uncomfortability. There was the fear that my father was going to say that these pork chops or lamb chops are too well done and another fight would break out. The family table was not where I had my most fun. And believe it or not, there is some trauma associated with it. And I'm going to share that with you right after a short break. Welcome back to Drama Stories. And we were just discussing the family table. Well, the family table is not something where every kid wants to spend his time. As a matter of fact, when teenagers get older, they don't want to even be home for dinner. And dinners today are not really seen as something that uh, parents prioritize strictly because of the fact you have dual income families you have uh, mom home, dad out, or vice versa. People are getting run to soccer practice and so on, basketball practice. Not so much right now because of COVID-19, but in reality, the families are rather busy. They, they may go get fast food for dinner, whatever. So the conversations don't necessarily take place at the family table. But however, the reason teenagers don't want to sit at the family table is because parents tried to set this up when their kids were little. And as the kids were getting older, they noticed that there was a lot of tension at the family table. Now, in my case, where I lived in the home with my mom and dad and we sat down at the family table, the family table in my home did nothing but produce stress, anxiety, it produced a great deal of trauma, it produced a great deal of fear, it produced a great deal of many things. I didn't get a chance to speak at the family table. I sat there. If in fact there was something that needed to be discussed with me, it was done at the family table because I made my share of mistakes as a kid. So the family table to me 
became something that I would, I would just hope that we could eat dinner somewhere else. Now, what has that done to me as an adult, as a man, over the years? When I sit down at the family table and I sit there with my 10-year-old daughter right now, she's adopted, she's beautiful, I love her, her name is Zoe, and we sit down at the table and my wife wants to have discussions. The discussions usually become between my wife and, and Zoe. We've gotten to the point now where I've reacted enough to it that basically what gets said is, you know, it's somebody else's turn to talk. So then I can share something. I sit there at the table and I get nervous being there because there are things that are going to go on that I don't like. I'm going to hear things. I'm going to see things and I'm going to act outside myself and I'm not going to be who I normally am. The trauma from my own family table caused that. It caused me to fear dinner hour. Now, not so much anymore, but there have been times when I sat down at the table, I'm going to say within the last five or six years, and I had difficulty being there. And in some cases, I just wanted to get up and walk away. My, my oldest daughter, who is now 30 years old, was sitting at a Thanksgiving table and they had a, a short interlude between dinner and dessert. And about five or six people hung around the table years ago. They were the smokers and, you know, who stayed there and had coffee and smoked cigarettes and did whatever they did. And my daughter has this group of a half a dozen adults playing the rhyming game. And she's going around the table and she's engaging all these adults and everything else. And my sister said to me, she's controlling the whole table. And you know, I never had that opportunity to control my own table. I believe that kids are supposed to sit at a table and, and they speak to you when you speak to them. There's a point that I got to where I had to sit and when I was sitting and listening to what everyone else was saying that I started to get angry and upset and I wanted to walk away from the table. And this has everything to do with the trauma associated with my own table when I was a kid. And I think it's important for adults to recognize what causes them to have reactions in certain situations. It's important to realize what type of discipline they received for their behavior. And if it was something that I called cold anger 
where people didn't talk to you or they emotionally abused you. Those are the things that you carry with you in life because they produce trauma and because they worked on you, you wonder if you can use them on others. So my feeling was, you know what? I'm not going to talk at the table. I just want to sit down and eat and be done. Very similar to what happened when I was a kid. We have to recognize where our anger comes from, where our anxiety comes from, and what situations trigger us into reacting to our loved ones. The family table. It was a war zone. And if I had not recognized this, and maybe even written a few articles about it, I don't think I would have been able to figure things out and make sure that I understood who I was and where these emotions were coming from. My name's Jim Burns. You're listening to Trauma Stories. If you have a story that you want to share, you can email me at traumastories1955 at gmail.com and share your story. I'll read it on the air. If you have a story and you'd like to be interviewed, send me an, e an email to the same address, traumastories1955 at gmail.com, and you can send your story in and I'll read it on the air. We've all experienced trauma when we were younger. Some more than others, some traumatic events bigger than others, but it is important to recognize what they were, how they affected us, and what we need to do to help overcome it. And we're going to have reactions even when we're aware of it. We're going we're gonna to have some reactions. It could depend on the day, could depend on the weather. Could depend on what was said to us. Because anytime something triggers our memory and puts us back into the situation that we were in when we were younger, we're going to either get anxious, depressed, we're going to get angry, and we're going to act out. And it is very important, very important to recognize that if, in fact, you want to move forward and have a healthy, happy, and successful life. It's taken me a long time. And there are other things that I'll share with you, <clears throat> excuse me, as we continue with this podcast. I have several episodes planned, and it's sometimes we just have to, we just have to hear it from someone else for us to be able to put two and two together. The family table. You don't need a family table to communicate with your kids. You can do it anywhere. And it is awful nice to sit down and have dinner as a family. But if that family table creates nothing but tension, sometimes we have to take a look at it and determine, is there something else we can do or make a decision that we may need help in dealing with this type of, a, of an environment? 
meaning the family table. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Trauma Stories. Make sure that you listen to my other podcast, Anti-Bullying 101. That just, we just posted a new episode. It was on why kids have to learn about lifelong fitness. Check that out. I'll put a link to the um, uh, to that episode in the episode description. I'm also going to leave a link to my website, bullyproofclassroom.com, and a link that has the email address where you need to email me if you'd like to share your story. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Trauma Stories. I'll see you again real soon. 